Blog Talk Radio.
I look up when I walk to keep the tears from falling to my feet. And I think that summarizes what I'm feeling uh, this week with uh, um, what is happening across this country. And uh, I'm joined by the aforementioned uh, Dr. Ray, Dr. Ray working the uh, impresario of uh, all media in the capital, Albany capital region and and on the terrestrial radio and worldwide and intergalactically, um, except you're sidelined, Ray, aren't you? Yes, and uh, I found out a few hours ago that there will be radio silence at the uh, college where we broadcast our, w, our RPI, where WRPI is, of course, located uh, until the end of um, August, August 31st, and no word beyond that, yes, no, or maybe. So uh, we are, we will not be heard for another three months and two days, at least. Oh, boy. Well, well, this is this is uh, the times we live in, and uh, I I don't know where we stand um, in terms of businesses opening. Uh, I I just can't keep up with it. All I know is that I went to a I didn't go to a, a birthday party the other day because I I knew that the people. Uh, giving the party would not wear masks, and there would be a lot of them there. And I, um, I just didn't want to have to hide in the corner or tell them that they were wrong. And so, sure enough, later in the day on Facebook comes a picture of the party, and they're all gathered together, huddled real close. Um, and not a mask anywhere, and I, I don't know. It's, I mean, that's only part of the madness is the the pandemic, but um, we we got a new monkey wrench in the in the works with uh, uh, the killing of uh, the black man in Minneapolis, my old haunt. I lived for a few years, and uh, that has sparked madness in the White House, and um, the madman is, is, is on Twitter, but he wants to ban Twitter, and he's sending out uh, vi- mess- violent messages um, uh, across Twitter and um, he's just com- he's just a complete utter failure. But you know, in a way, Ray, he's he is a reflection of us um, in the sense that we put him there. Um, but he, uh, you know, we don't think very much as people anymore. Um, and so, anyway, uh, we could. We'll be getting back to him, I'm sure. But uh, today, you and I wanted to uh, hearken back to a time uh, that 
may have seemed innocent, but was very complicated, very painful, the year 1963. And we wanted to um, kind of focus on um, our favorite show, one of our favorite shows, Leave it to Beaver, which has got to be one of the most popular TV shows still running um, across around the world. And it ended its run in 1963. And also recently we had the death of one of the characters in the show, the, the very uh, <laughs> unique Eddie uh, guy who played Eddie Haskell, Ken Osmond. Um, so we wanted to talk about both of those. And, and I want to ask you, Ray, what is the significance, do you think, of 1963, the ending of Leave it to Beaver, and really the, 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 the Kennedy assassination, which, which you know, shocked the world and, 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 uh, and you know, uh, tore apart a, a generation of Americans. What about that year, those events? Well, in many ways, you know, I told you I've taken many courses on fiction and films of the uh, 50s and 60s. It was a favorite area of mine, not one of my doctoral, um, three doctoral areas, but one that I'm, I'm quite versed in. Um, most scholars believe that the 50s really ended and our innocence disappeared um, when the Kennedy assassination occurred in, on November 22nd, of course, of 1963. So that means we had, uh, you know, three, well over three, darn near four years into the, the decade of the 60s before the innocence ended. It didn't, you know, decades, as we were always taught, they don't go by lines of demarcation necessarily just because in the ball drops, it's 1960. And uh, that was not the case. Um, John Kennedy came in. We believed everything was possible. On television and through cultural media, we, which we had then had, which is television and radio, or were television and radio, we, um, we were getting a different reality base than, than we do now. Uh, the reason I you know, lobbied for doing a little bit on this today is because I had the question, and you and I had a fascinating discussion about whether this reality was a Facebook reality. Was it, was it real or was it something that was created because we wanted it to be that way? Or did it fall somewhere between the two poles? Um, and now at the age of 71, when I'm looking back at this and enjoying Leave it to Beaver as much as I ever did, um, I look to enlighten people like you who write marvelous books, like the one that I have on my on my desk at the moment, entitled Pride and um, Gay Pride, Gay Prejudice, that so many people are looking at, the subtitle, How Brain Science is Helping to Conquer Fear and Misunderstanding. And that's not a non-sequitur. I think your book digs uh, its teeth into and wraps itself around the uh, the very question that I'm talking about. You know, it's, it's all in the brain. What do we perceive? So putting away the academic for a minute uh, and shooting from the hip, David, I always love to ask you questions like this. Um, how much of the Leave it to Beaver Mayfield world from, portrayed from 57 September until June of 63, May rather, of 63, uh, actually was, was reality? And how much of it was what we wanted the American dream to be? Um, 
Well, as I told you, Ray, I'm only recently, um, for some reason, I just never watched it. I, I was just just too too young to get interested in it, and it just sort of passed passed me by. But now I'm watching it, and it it is very. Um, it, it's more than what I thought it would be. I I, I think the the topics they choose are are pretty universal which I think is a key for why the series has, has lasted so long. And I, I, I really don't see um, much of a, a – excuse me, I don't have a sneeze, God bless you. sneeze button. I think it's the, the genius of the show or, or the secret is is that they uh, they chose topics that – um, uh, are pretty universal and timeless. Things like trust, things like responsibility, um, uh, and I—I don't—I don't necessarily think of the the fifties in the show. And but I—I I mean, I'm aware that done in the fifties and um, and. I th- I think uh um it just uh as I remember and I was knee high to uh what do they say a grasshopper <laughs> um that uh you know the the show is mocked for 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 just being bland and and um uh June Cleaver wearing her pearls and and the husband, Hugh Beaumont, sitting down for dinner in a suit and tie. Um, but I just saw something, an interview with uh, Jerry Mathers, who played the beaver. And um, he said that uh, the show was written, had several writers and producers, and they all had kids. And they sh- they wrote from their experiences and he's he's a very smart guy. He said he was taken to dinner at some of these families' houses, and uh, you know, uh, June Cleaver was often uh, telling the boys, you know, before dinner, go wash up uh, and change into your in your good clothes, and and thought himself. Jerry Mathers thought, oh, that's strange. But then he went to these other people's houses and their dinners, and that's exactly what they did. Um, so my point being, it I guess it, it was and it wasn't part of its time, um, but it um, and it's interesting that that is the one show that continues around the world and uh, nonstop. They say for 60 years plus. It has continued to play, and uh, but there was, um, and 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 just my really answer your question. I, I, you know, uh, the '60s, and I agree with you. The really began after Kennedy's assassination, which uh, was just so devastating. But I don't think events like um 
the riots in 67 and 68, such as we're um, witnessing now, I see a strong parallel. I don't think those riots came out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, uh, the world that the Cleavers represented was, yes, a very white world and can be easily dismissed uh, as as something um, that didn't pertain to the culture at large. But, you know, uh, the 50s were full of uh, unrest with the um, the school desegregation in the South, the, uh, the violence at the Edmund Pettus Bridge, which is remembered. Well, actually, that was a 60s event. But, you know, uh, in the 50s, segregation was the school, school desegregation was the, the major issue. And, and uh, Eisenhower was against it. And uh, George Wallace was standing in the in the door room in the hall in the doorway of the University of Alabama, uh, saying segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever, and so, um, you know, I I downloaded last night again, and I, I mean to read through the whole thing, the the New York Times 1619 project, and you know, for African Americans, and this is something I wasn't taught with my gold-plated education, you, you know, this this issue of racism and systemic uh, suppression of the African-American community really began 400 years ago um, when when we uh, brought the, the first African slaves over to this country. And it's really so deep, so part of the culture. And I, I, I think Biden really connected with this in a, a speech I heard, I think yesterday. He he he, he said that the, you know this is this is just uh, base, basically the riots that are happening now are basically um, a continuum from uh, of how we have systematically de- denied. Um, African Americans in this country, much along the lines of opportunism here. The gay community um, has been suppressed and uh, devalued uh, forever, and um, and we have to fight for our rights. And it's it's a very deep seated. I mean, we have deep faults in this country, you know, the way women are treated, the way African-Americans and all people of color, and the way the LGBT community, particularly the T, are are treated, murdered, and uh, threatened. And I think that, um, you know, what Trump did was he, as Richard Nixon did in 1968, he he declared himself the savior of white America and used the code words law and order, which which Trump is uh, uh, doing right now. So, uh, in in a sense, as Yogi Berra said, 
it's deja vu all over again. The problem's never gone away. Um, and uh, that's a long answer to your question, Ray, but I I just think that uh, um, uh, Leave it to Beaver uh, really represented um, values that were um, basically good values and not necessarily white values. They were just um, uh, portraits of of people and characters, and um, I think, um, well, let me leave it there. I, I, I just think that uh, we have never, ever sat down to begin to address the problems, and the, the closest I ever saw a politician do do this was our, our friend Mayor Pete, who uh, came up with a, uh, I thought was a, a, an amazing plan um, to address the wrongs done to the African-American community, particularly, as I understood, the denial of wealth, which is really critical. Um, you, you know, um, uh, if you don't have wealth to pass down, uh, you don't have anything in this society, in this capitalist society. So um, anyway, uh, long You know long what, I, I story. have to add a I have to add one thing on or I'd really be remiss with Minneapolis going on. We had such a fantastic um, planning meeting where we discussed Leave it to Beaver and also the Andy Griffith Show. And just an observation that um, in the Andy Griffith Show, which ran from 60 to 68, followed by um, Mayberry RFD, which did not have Andy Griffith in it, um, actually, let's stop with Andy Griffith because things did change somewhat at that point. But there was never a person of color, never an African American in the entire eight year, eight uh, seasons of Andy Griffith. And the only reference was in its first season, which was shocking to some people, which is a, a verbal comment that there were some darkies down by the river. And people gasped at that because Andy Griffith in real life was very, you know, embracing and uh, liberal person. And in our, our Leave it to Beaver, uh, this would be a, a, a trivia question if we were playing this, uh, the game, uh, only once did we see, uh, and that was as a maid in the infamous episode where our friend Eddie Haskell, played by Ken Osmond, who passed away recently, um, was the, maid, the the black lady was was playing the maid, and Eddie was trying to bamboozle her, the irascible Eddie Haskell, and of course she cut him off at every turn because <laughs> he was making up stories. Yeah. I can't remember that way he was. He was using his wiles, and uh, she saw right through him. He really, she just took him down, not rudely, just you know, because he was saying something ridiculous, and he, she pointed it out. But it's amazing in that many years of television, eight plus six seasons, 234 shows, and Leave it to Beaver, um, that there was only one appearance as a, a servant uh, in in the whole time and one very negative comment in that whole time. And yet Mayberry, North Carolina, I mean, to even be any clo- anywhere close to reality, David, you have to think of how many people of color, how many African-American people would have been in that show. And even a middle American show, quote-unquote, which they never really – Found out, which was by no accident. They keep it as kept as a secret where Mayberry or Mayfield rather really was. Um, that 
they they just didn't reflect. They could. I mean, it would be absurd to think there were no people of color in the entire life of uh, Wally and Beaver Cleaver. Um, so why do you think that was? Um, well, that's a good question. I heard Andy Griffith in an interview say, I'm not sure this answers it, but uh, Andy Griffith said that the Mayberry was was not a real place, deliberately so, uh, because we wanted to talk, um, Beaver Show did, we, we wanted to talk about uh, uh, people's values or, or just a world where you could, uh, in 25 minutes, solve, solve a problem, uh, deliver a lesson. Um, and that, uh, yeah, as I said, it doesn't really answer the question, why wasn't it more diverse? Um, and that, the fact that I don't think there's a real answer to that is is a problem, because um, uh, you know, and and it's also interesting that the names of the towns we had Mayberry and Mayfield. What is it about May that that uh, you know? Um, it's 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 certainly a PhD level course, I think, ready to understand why why these were such white shows and they didn't have to be um but they were um and you know you and i enjoy them um yet the, the, there's the the inherent racism in them and and it's just puzzling because i don't think any of the like andy griffith for certainly for certain just can't believe was a racist. Um, he he just was uh, such a, a progressive person, from what I heard and what I read. And I, it's a puzzle. It's it's a real puzzle. And um, it, it it seems that uh, when when they both got off the air. Um, uh, the country changed, uh, it, you know, with the Kennedy assassination and the, uh, uh, and then when uh, uh, Mayberry, when uh, the Andy Griffith left, the uh, uh, the social fabric just sort of came unglued. Uh, you know, we had Vietnam, and um, we had. Um, uh, you know, there's just the eruption of of, of uh, racial tensions, and I just want to—I've been always itching to talk about this, but this, this—you um, know, when I was in school, we, we, you know, again, it was—we had Black history taught by white professors. There was no, there was no Black professor of African American studies. They just didn't have one, <laughs> um, but. I did remember reading, learning about uh, the Kerner Commission, which was um, an attempt by uh, Lyndon Johnson to um, explain, to learn from the uh, the, the riots of uh, 
67 in Newark and Detroit and um, in uh, Watts, Los Angeles. And the conclusion always has stuck with me. And I think it's it was true before the commission. I think it's true today that we are two societies, separate and unequal, and moving. And I think um, it, it applies to this week. It, 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 you know, it's just we've always just been able to put band-aids on it. And, you know, now with the gay community, as I point out in my book, um, you know the the we we're, we've been invisible. We we've uh, and suffered greatly. Not perhaps the same way, but in some ways worse than the African American community. In some ways, you know the charges that we can uh, hide. We can we 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 uh, you know we have white privilege. And yes and no. Yes, we do have white privilege, but hiding is no uh, benefit. As <laughs> um, a matter of fact, it's it's a dire consequence to your health, as as you and I, Ray, will attribute. It, uh, stress is a killer. Oh, and, this, and, uh, this became a real hot topic in a sentence on, on the show when uh, a guest a number, good number of years ago said to uh, – Three of us white and uh, Ulysses uh, Cuban from Cuba. Um, we didn't. I didn't grow up with privilege like you people. And I, at that point, well, I, you know, well into my sixties, had a, a rant. I just looked this person in the eye and said, "Don't you ever blanking tell me that I grew up with anything except fear and the life of a fugitive? Don't, don't, don't turn this on me." I'm there for you, yeah. you be there for me. Because my life was a living hell for much of the time. And I know you went through the same thing. And you have to share this pain. Oh, yeah. you, you really do. I have, you know, I have a African-American friend in New York City, and it's basically her line that, uh, you know, I can't possibly understand her experience. And, and I say, granted, but neither can you understand my experience. And... um you know, I uh, there's just um, I mean, she's still asking questions like, uh, you know, did you have a weak father? Was he absent? Was, was, listen, that had nothing to do with it. How my father treated me was was nothing in the story here, and and. And and I'm a little. I told her I'm offended that that you still hold on to that that old saw that that uh, you know gay men have strong domineering mothers and weak fathers. And I said it's just not true. And um, so um, as I said, you can read all about it in my book, Gay Pride, Gay Prejudice, and uh, how brain science is helping to conquer fear and misunderstanding and it's available on Amazon and I want to thank people listening in Spain believe it or not Ray Spain who bought several copies this week and I just make the link because we have listeners in Spain and uh, I want to encourage folks it's a universal story we cover um, 
the story of gay oppression around the world. And if you thought it was bad in this country, um, just get a reminder or a view of what it's like to live in sub-Saharan Africa in in one of the Muslim states where uh, literally you can be killed uh, just for being gay. And uh, China, Russia, I mean, it is it is horrifying. And um, but we need to give hope to our next generation. And I um, I do want to do that. And um, there is hope in the book. That's what brain science is providing um, hope and understanding, hope through understanding, which was, I believe, the name of the, um, if I can bring it all back to the 1964 New York City World's Fair that uh, uh, we've both talked about, Ray, the timing of uh, the 60s being important there. Um, now, I, I I have a uh, a quick song to play, Ray, and I thought we'd, we'd sneak it in and... and, and uh, uh, it's the last song is from 1963. It spilled over into 1964, and it was the last uh, song to chart as number one um, before the Beatles came to the United States. And let's find about it. Here we go. She wore blue velvet, bluer than velvet was the night, softer than satin was the light from the stars. She wore Warmer than May, her tender sighs, love was ours. Ours, love I held tightly, feeling the rapture Gone was the glow of blue velvet But in my heart they'll always be Precious and warm a memory Through the years And I still can see blue velvet My heart will always be 
precious and warm a memory through the was Bobby Vinton in Blue Velvet, 1963, and um, we may have to get to our topic, one of our topics, which was Eddie Haskell, uh, in another show, because we really haven't uh, uh, addressed this this character who is a, sort of a symbol for the bad boy, the rebellious um, I, I mean, you gotta love this Eddie Haskell guy for for his honesty. Uh, <laughs> what he represented was, uh, uh, well, basically, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it can be interpreted as sad, but um, uh, there's a clip where Beaver says to him, "Well, everybody hates you, Eddie, and and even your best friends hate you." <laughs> Because he was just such a, a um, I, I think Freud could have had a field day studying the character of Eddie Haskell. And I think I told you, Ray, one of, you know, his his sort of modus was to uh, uh, be pleasant and to the to the point of just uh, sugary, saccharine uh, behavior in front of um, the adults, and then you know backstabbing them as soon as he got out of their sight. Um, and and most people were on to him, but um, the line that I liked that uh, 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 Ward Cleaver and June Cleaver said, um, uh, I think uh, June Cleaver said, uh, it must be very difficult in Eddie's home to... Uh, if he behaves this way, and and um, Ward Cleaver responds, "Well, thank goodness we'll never have to know." <laughs> but he really was the uh, the bad boy, and um, as you said, he was supposed to be only a, on one show, and um, he appeared in uh, ninety or more um, because he was just. Uh, I've heard that good comedy needs uh, conflict, and Eddie was the conflict. Uh, he was. I mean, you were glad to see him because you, you knew something, some scheme was about to happen, or some, some, uh, <laughs> some, some. Uh, oh, you know, repulsive situation or comment he's going to make, and it's. It's going to provoke the adults, or, or you, you, you. I always wanted to see. Well, how are they? How are the parents going to? How are the Cleavers going to respond to this one? Because they handled him wonderfully, but they, uh, um, it was always interesting. And uh, um, we'll see. Uh, he's certainly one of the most iconic characters 
and and unfortunately, the man who played him, Ken Osmond, died recently in uh, just another sad loss. Um, so Ray, um, perhaps we'll we'll get back to Eddie in in uh, in a future show, um, but he, uh, he, I think everybody knows Eddie Haskell and and. Anybody of our age, for for sure, um, and and what that means to to do an Eddie Haskell or to be an Eddie Haskell. Um, in a way, it was refreshingly uh, honest, you know, and and maybe a study for you know gay youth in foster care who have to use every every skill at their. And Fred has always told me, you, you know, the the stress is so much that they have to find ways and they'll they'll antagonize adults uh because it's you know they're in an impossible situation these uh gay youth in foster care and and the, you know they they have to use every uh trick they can uh come up with and it's not to be smirched them but they you know I see a lot of Eddie Haskell in in uh uh, uh Kids who are neglected, kids who uh, don't really get a fair chance or a fair shake, and there have been, you know, some references in Leave It to Beaver that, you know, Eddie Haskell's home life was not um, was not great. Was and and he he in a way um, was a sad character, but um, uh, and it's curious. Interesting to me that so many people can identify with him, because I think there's a little bit of Eddie Haskell in in a lot of us, and uh, certainly Donald Trump has a lot of Eddie Haskell in him. So Ray, we're uh, close close up shop, um, and uh, I want to remind people to. Um, you know, please buy our book, uh, Supports a Thousand Moms, Gay Pride, Gay Prejudice, um, by me, the author, David Baylog, and you can get it on Amazon.com. Just search out um, either one, Gay Pride, Gay Prejudice, or my name, David Baylog, B-A-L-O-G, and um, we appreciate your support. And, Ray, thank you for your support. Oh, my pleasure. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see everybody uh, soon. Be safe. We're still in a, a, a pandemic. Be safe. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. And uh, even though Trump has given up on us, um, don't give up on yourselves. So thanks, everyone. Be well. Take care.